I've been around a lot longer. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You, you do have a cockroach effect. Can't get rid of them. Donovan McNabb is with us today. TJ Fair joins us. We are joined to open the show by Josh Black. Just overall competition, right? That, that's exactly what we needed for this team. One in ten is not something you really want to use as fuel. If Steve got in a fight, I'd come to his defense because he's my bro. If you were on the ropes, I would have stepped in. You didn't need my help. Hands off. Tucker feels his way in around his own man, and he scores untouched. It's a touchdown for Sean Tucker. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Pauly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Pauly Sebelia. I'm Stephen Fonte as we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation game day edition of the show. We talked a lot of football, pretty much all football on the show yesterday. We're going to get into the basketball team with the Indiana Hoosiers coming to town tonight for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. 7 o'clock tip inside the dome between the Orange and the Hoosiers. With that in mind, we've got uh, Dan Dockich set to join us at 1 o'clock. James Suba from News Magician joining us at 1.30. We will talk some football coming up in the next segment. Stephen Bailey from 24-7 Sports will join us. He covers both football and basketball for 24-7 Sports. So we'll talk both sports with him. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls at any time, 315 315- Four three seven seventy six forty four. How are you today, Paulie? I am great, Steve. Good afternoon. It's a big game tonight. Both of us starting our second shows today. You did yes, a full uh, pre-show with me. Indeed, it's basketball. Well, time. I, and I did Bridge Street as well, so I got oh, you beat today. It's must-win time. It is. This is. This is. Well, you know how I feel about must-win. Must-win. No, this is a must-win. Well, must-win. To me, the definition of must-win is if you lose it, your season is over. If they lose this game, their season's not over. It's pretty close. This is a game that you you got to have, though. I mean, it, it's so important tonight. Um, you look at at what we've seen to date with the three and three start. You look at what is about to come your way: Florida State, Villanova, Georgetown. You got to have this one. You're going to be an underdog against Villanova and Florida State. Let's be honest. It may be even George. I mean, probably not Georgetown, but it is a road game. So if these go the way that Vegas says they're going to go, you're going to have five losses by the time the middle of December rolls around. Um, they got to get this one tonight. Very important game for a lot of reasons, uh, even just for confidence. Get back on track after what happened down in the Bahamas. Yeah, uh, it would be a huge turnaround coming off of the Bahamas. They were uh, in their losses this year. They're n- I don't like using the words n- you don't like the must win. I don't like using the words not competitive because it makes it sound like the team wasn't trying. But they've, they've been blown out in so their we, losses. So we talked about this. Obviously, we didn't get to dissect each individual game because we were off. We talked about this on Tuesday on our last show before the first game down in the Bahamas on Wednesday. And I said to you that I was concerned, especially after we had the VCU play-by-play man on, who said, you know, this team is going to get after you, you know, SU like like nobody else this year. Syracuse tends to struggle with those teams. And I said I was concerned about that, that when they play physical athletic teams that get up into them defensively, they tend to struggle. And we saw it against VCU. We saw it against Auburn, where they're starting their offense 28 feet away from the basket with... 13 seconds on the shot clock. You know, by the time everything settles down, you know, beating the pressure, kind of settling into things, half the shot clock is gone, and they're and they've been pushed way out by the defense. We saw it happen against VCU. We saw it happen against Auburn, and and both games obviously ended in in double digit losses. Yeah, um, it didn't happen against Arizona State, uh, or uh, Colgate, but Colgate still won big. I it's it's. 
it's worrisome to me right now. Um, I talked to Eric and Chris yesterday on their show, uh, asking uh, Eric about Joe Girard and. And maybe you're a former athlete, Steve. You've played a uh, division. He, is he picking the ball up at the wrong time when people are pressing him? Is he not keeping his dribble? Is he doing, you know, what is he doing wrong against the pressure? We, we know he's not going to get by him, but it, it feels like he's in the backcourt making bad passes against the press. Yeah, and some of it is, if we're, if we're being honest, some of it is just being tougher. Right, being tougher with the basketball. And that's easier said than done, especially when you're going up a guy that maybe has three inches on you and maybe twenty five pounds on you. You gotta be you have to be tougher with the basketball. And that's something that I, you know, I'm sure he's been working on, obviously. Um, but it, it that is something that is a a problem in his game that he needs to work on and develop. Um obviously he can shoot the heck out of the basketball. He's gotta be tougher with the ball. And you know, we saw Samir Torrance go in there, and again, you know, Samir's got some speed to him. Um, he can put the ball on the floor. He can get by guys. You know, he's obviously got to work on his jump shot. He hit one three pointer, um, but he's you know he's got to be able to be a threat. Um, you know, from the perimeter as well. So it's you know it's they and and it's like that across the board. I mean, um, you know, there was plenty of blame to go around. I don't think it was just Joe, but I I know that he comes to mind because he's the point guard and getting them into their offense. Yes, he's got to be stronger with the basketball. But I would say outside of Jesse. It was hard to really feel good about anything that happened down there in the Bahamas. Jesse played really well. Like I think I was, Buddy, yeah, I yeah, think you're right. underselling Buddy. Well, but yes, and I think we hold Buddy to a higher standard. Like we, but he expect, just goes out and gets right. his point. You're right. You're right. I, I will. I will give you that. I just meant in terms of things that were like positive. Like you already know Buddy's there. Like Buddy's already a positive. I guess when you look at that trip to the Bahamas, for me, the the one positive. You know, you know what you got in Buddy. Jesse stepped up, and I thought that that was something that they could build upon. But other than that, and and Buddy, not a whole heck of a lot to like. Yeah, and, and you and I have have been very vocal, and Joe Girard ended last season very well. His trip to the Bahamas was awful, awful. Um, let's look uh, against uh, Auburn. Auburn is one for six. One for five from three-point range. Finished with three points, three assists, two turnovers. Two turnovers, not great. Uh, against Arizona State, 16 points, five assists, four turnovers. Two for six from three-point range. They obviously won that game. He did play better that night. Uh, against VCU, he finished two for nine, six points, no assists, six turnovers. That isn't good. No. He's turning the ball over too much. Yeah. And again... As we discussed, and that's why I said it last Tuesday, That's that was what concerned me about that matchup, is that h- how are they going to be able to handle the pressure and the you know guys getting after them, and they didn't handle it well. And they obviously didn't handle it well against Auburn either. They outscored Arizona State. Um, listen, they, they've got things to work on on both ends of the floor. With that being said, Jim Beheim tends to find a way to figure it out, right? It's, it's very early in the season. But the way that this schedule is, there are no breaks. He tends to have more athletic teams, too. That is true. Um, there's a lot of basketball left to be played, but with this season and this schedule, there's not a lot of time to figure it out in that regard because, again, you got Indiana tonight, Villanova, Florida State, Georgetown, all coming up. And, you know, you could be really up against it from a win loss perspective by the time you hit. January 1st, which, by the way, they play Virginia that night. Yeah, that's why I say they need to get this one in Georgia. This one's very important. Yes, absolutely. 
That's that's what we said at the top of the show. This one, there is a there is a sense of urgency tonight uh, for this team. At least there should be. And you know the Georgetown one. Um, I think that's certainly a game that they should win. Have you seen anything, Steve, out of this team that urgently playing that playing urgent will make them better? I You're, think I think most teams play better when they play urgent. Yeah, but I think it's just natural. Is this team capable, like from what yes, you're, I think they're capable of playing urgent, like better though. <laughs> I separate the two. Like, is this team what it is right now? Yeah, but again, it's six games in, so they're a work in progress, obviously. And well, I think so is every the, team they've right, played. I understand. I'm saying the first three games, the first three losses, anyway, exposed some weaknesses and deficiencies with this team, and they have to, you know, go back to the lab, as they say, and they got to work on those deficiencies. The problem is, as I was just stating, the competition is so difficult right now that you got to work on things against Indiana and Florida State and Nova and Georgetown, you know, before you can get to Lehigh and Cornell and and have a couple of those games, you know, those feel good games before you get into the meat of the conference schedule. So the defense is worrisome to me. The and defense is worrisome. I mean, even in that victory against Arizona State, they gave up 84 points. I'm going to say something, Steve, that I don't normally say, and it's something that uh, is usually something that irritates me. I think he may not be helpful on offense at this moment, and I know they've got Cole Swider and Jimmy Beheim, but Benny Williams, I think, is going to be the answer at the back end of that zone if they're struggling defensively. So... The thing that Benny provides, or that we we know at this point he provides, is he provides athleticism, mm-hmm. and that is something that it's it's lacking. Yes. Um. And so I do think you're right in that he's going to be a very important player for this team moving forward. I think there were high hopes for Frank because he's athletic as well, but he in the Bahamas, he, you know, you said Joe Girard had a disastrous Bahamas. You know, Frank did not look good in the Bahamas either. Uh, Jesse played great, but. You know, hearing that Frank made the biggest jump of any you know center that's been in this program for a really long time, um, he's got more work to do. He's, he's got more work to do to get to the point where they where he can be trusted, um, game in and game out. I mean, he played what nine minutes against Auburn, played five minutes against Arizona State, and did play fifteen minutes uh, in that game against VCU because Jesse got in foul trouble, uh, but finished with a, a goose egg in points and just one rebound. Had one rebound in 15 minutes. Um, so, in any event, to your point about Benny, Benny provides athleticism. They need to get him going. He he is a he is a potential. He's not the entire solution, but he is a potential piece of the solution. And I, I'm going to promote the heck out of this show that uh, Eric Devendorf is doing with Chris Joseph. They also mentioned the fact that when you're more athletic on the back line of the zone, you can make a mistake and recover. This team has zero room for error. They, they would say Hakeem Warwick can get from, you know, that's a bad example of an NBA player, but like Hakeem Warwick, Jeremy Grant, you know, players like that could get from the lane yeah. to the three-point line in one step. Right. And quickly. And if they went the wrong way, they could get back quick enough. I mean, and, just look at the national title game, the, I mean, the block. For, I mean, yeah. that's a perfect example of him getting out to a closing out on a shot that he shouldn't be able to get to. This uh, this team is just as long as any of those teams. They're just, they can't get. To the shooters just quickly. Yeah, and it's I mean it's it's and, been it's been costly. And something you know, uh, Tommy Hogan has a funny theater the uh, theory that Steph Curry ruined Syracuse basketball. And Ao yesterday on the show said 
he never had to go to the corner. Like once or twice out of a game, you say he, because everybody shoots he would threes. Ha- now? Yeah, he would have to go from the block to the corner, and he's. Ao says now every possession Jesse has to get to the corner. Right, it's different, and, and it's yeah, that's asking a lot out of a center. Yeah, uh, the defense is a concern. Um, Auburn put up eighty nine. Arizona State in a loss put up eighty four. VCU put up 67, which for VCU is like putting up 89, yes. right? Yes. So uh, a team that hadn't gotten to 60 all year and uh, you know had been held in the 40s and the 50s, they got to 67 and 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 played very well offensively uh, at times in that game. All right, we got to take a timeout. Uh, we will get to your phone calls, but coming up next, we've got Stephen Bailey from 24-7 Sports. Keep it here. We're just getting started on a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Bonte and Pauly Sebelia. Welcome back to Orange Nation. Stephen Fonte, Pauly Sebelia with you up until 2 o'clock as we go back to our guest line to bring out our next guest today. He played in Indiana. He coached in Indiana. He now hosts a radio show in Indiana at 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. Dan Dockich is our guest on the show. Dan, thanks so much for coming on. How are you today? Yeah, man. It's a good night tonight. Can't wait. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So, Cuse, Indiana tonight inside the Dome, ACC Big Ten Challenge. Let's start with this opponent for the Orange. Uh, Indiana 6-0. and Haven't really been tested all that much. They had that two-point game against St. John's that they hung on uh, to win. What can you tell us about the Hoosiers this year? I like their team. You know, I, I do. I, I like Mike Woodson. I'm biased. I've been yelling for an Indiana guy to coach Indiana for years. Uh, but, you know, the truth of the matter is Woody um, has done a really good job. He kept the right guys, got rid of the wrong, the guys that didn't want to be there. Uh, they have two of everything. A little bit banged up because Rob Finnessy, I don't think, is going to play. Um, Trace Jackson Davis drives the bus, man. I mean, I, I'm watching them play Marshall, and Marshall had some guys. But my God, was Marshall stupid. They didn't double-team Jackson Davis. They didn't do nothing. And Jackson Davis is good on the block, particularly going to his right shoulder. And he killed him. 43 points, new Assembly Hall record. Race Thompson, very nice complimentary player inside. Uh, Xavier Johnson from Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, some of these guys are all right. Uh, good enough. Uh, they got two of everything. Um, but I'm anxious to see him against the zone tonight. They haven't shot the ball great. And a kid named Miller Cup, Cup, something like that, is going to have to shoot the ball. He's a transfer for North, from Northwestern against that zone. Yeah, and, and talking about your observations now of Syracuse, uh, the Orange, they've played a tougher schedule, uh, but they've had some bumps and bruises along the way, 3-3 three and three right now. You saw them down in the Bahamas. They lost to VCU. They lost to Auburn. Uh, two physical, athletic teams that got after them. Syracuse did not handle it well. Uh, what are your observations of Syracuse to this point? Well, a couple things. I, obviously, they got to be disappointed. You lose to Colgate, you're going to be disappointed, right? I mean, that's, you know, I, I understand the Syracuse softball coach, so I understand where Colgate is. I understand that, you know, you, that's unacceptable, all that kind of stuff. But Jim's teams always do that early, it seems like. I always feel like two teams in college basketball, Purdue, uh, although maybe not this year, but Purdue and Syracuse always jack around in the non-conference season, lose a game, and then they get better. I personally... Now, this is on a personal note. I think that it's the coolest story in college basketball, both Bayheim boys playing there in Syracuse for the legendary father. But here's the deal, man, and Jim will be the first to tell you this. you got to freaking win. 
Right? I mean, you gotta, you, you got to win. I think Syracuse will be fine. I do think that the two teams that they played physically outmanned them. I, I think that Indiana can do that. It's not their M.O., um, but they are pretty big across the board. They bring a kid named Durin. As I said, Ray Thompson is a physical kid. Um, a little different tonight, but Syracuse, I, I, I always hesitate. Swear to God, you want to say, oh, man, they're 3-3. Three and three. They got Villanova coming up. You know, this is a game Indiana should win because, well, Syracuse, uh, yeah. But I, I swear to God, Jim's teams, they just they get better. Now, here's the concern. If you're Syracuse, you say, all right, uh, we lost to Colgate, and, and we lost to Auburn, and we lost bad. You know, you're talking about double digits in all of these. So that would be concerning if I were Syracuse. Um, but you know what? Buddy Beheim, Jim Beheim, Edwards. I'd like to see Edwards get going. And uh, Joe Girard played great against Colgate, and he's going to have some opportunities tonight. But it hasn't been a great start. And if you're the Cuse, I should win this game, I think, to keep everybody interested. Yeah, along those lines, uh, which team tonight does this game mean more to? You've got Indiana, who hasn't truly been tested yet at 6-0. and You've got Syracuse with three losses. You mentioned the upcoming schedule. they got Nova. they got Florida State. They're at Georgetown yeah. here coming up. Um, you know, we here locally think it's more important for Syracuse. But, you know, from the outside looking in, what do you think? Well, I, I think a lot of people, and I'm going to talk about this, and I've been talking about this on my show, uh, a lot of people see Syracuse and they think, well, you know what, Indiana in 1987. You know, Syracuse is, is a national champion, or Sherman Douglas hiking the ball between his legs against us in the garden. I mean, uh, Indiana fans are looking at this like this is the first test. It's a road game uh, against a team that everybody knows and is history with. So that's how, you know, it's looked at. But I will also say this. Right now is an incredible period for Mike Woodson. I mean, the honeymoon is huge. And frankly, it's the best time ever to be the Indiana basketball coach because the only expectation is to please, God, get us into the NCAA tournament. You know, usually when you become the coach at IU, you got to win national championship. Everybody's on you, win the Big Ten, get to the Final Four. Not anymore. Woody, baby, just get us into the freaking NCAA tournament and we're going to crown you king. So expectations are low. I would imagine that Syracuse probably has a little more at stake here. You don't want to go three and four than have that upcoming schedule. Uh, Indiana's got some cupcakes coming up along with some good teams. But I I would say both teams need it. But, boy, I feel like Syracuse looked desperate for it. Yeah, Dan Dawkins joining us here on Orange Nation for another couple of minutes. You just brought up the 87 title game. I have to ask you about that. You were an assistant coach on Bobby Knight's staff, uh, the, the team that beat Syracuse at the just before the buzzer anyway on that Keith Smart jump shot. Uh, what what do you remember from that game? I mean, we know the Syracuse side of it, but from the Indiana side of it, what, what, what stood out to you other than Keith Smart's shot from that game? Well, the fact that Keith Smart got really hot down the stretch and, and Keith had been had, had really not done that. I think he scored 15 or 17. You know, we had Alford as the first team All-American. Daryl Thomas, the late Daryl Thomas, uh, was working on the block, and, and Keith saved the day. Uh, that There's three things that I always talk about. That, you know, Keith going off, Syracuse missing free throws, and how full of crap Coach Knight is. See, Coach Knight would not call a timeout, and all the media guys, Vital and Billy Packer, well, his team is so well-schooled. No, that was all a bunch of crap. He didn't call timeout before Smart hit that shot because he 
didn't want the play to go bad, and he would have to feel guilty and accept blame. That's the way he coached. And then if a kid missed it, he could always say, well, we ran the right play. I always tell him, I go, look, coach. I used to tell him, he'd piss him off, and I said, coach, yeah, you're such a great coach, and we were so well coached that the fourth best shooter on the court shooting a fadeaway jump shot on the left side as he fell out of bounds was our national championship winning shot. Yeah, okay, that's great coaching or great playing. He would get pissed, right? But, yeah. <laughs> Those are the things that I always remember. You know, hey, we if we would have called timeout, who knows what would have happened. But I know this, Bobby Knight wasn't calling timeout because it was easier to blame the players than to blame himself. That's a fact, Jack. Hey, Dan, uh, Buddy Beheim was on one of our shows uh, yesterday and said he's never mentioned the name Keith Smart in front of his father. Is there, <laughs> is, is there a, an interaction you've had with Coach Beheim talking about that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's the best with me, man. But you know, Jason Benetti and I, we had an hour and a half. He just wanted to talk a couple of years ago when we were doing a game. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I told him what I just told you, and he was a little bit shocked by it. He's like, really? I go, Coach, I'm just telling you, man. He does not. He didn't want to blame it. You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. And, you know, he he is – I know that people think he's this curmudgeon, but I see him totally different. And I see Coach Knight totally different. Like I, Coach Knight's one of the funniest dudes ever. But, yeah, I've talked to him a uh, a lot. And, frankly, uh, he's always good about it. And, he, you know, he'll tell me, hey, look, that hurts. <laughs> you know, that thing still hurts. That thing will never not hurt. And I get it. Here's the deal. As a coach, like, I don't coach anymore. I haven't coached in 15 years. But there are four games that I think about every day. Two as a player, two as a coach. One at Bowling Green, one at Indiana, one at home school, and one in college. They're all losses. And that's what you do as a coach. So I don't bring it up because it's a long time ago. But Coach Bayheim, man, he, he, he knows history of basketball. He's the smartest basketball dude among coaches that I ever talked to. And he's good with it, and it's fun. But that's not something that, you know, 20 years or whatever, 30 years, whatever the hell it is later, you bring it up very often. Yeah, and and just last one for you because I know we're short on time here. But yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you look at you look at his legacy, and he did end up getting his national title, obviously in two thousand three. But man, if Keith Smart doesn't hit that shot, or maybe if Derek oh. Coleman makes the free throws on the other end, now the the legacy is completely different, right? With multiple national titles. Oh, I say I, I just we used to laugh about it all the time, man. Hey, Coach Knight is a freaking god, and Jim Beheim is a freaking bum. Right, at least for a while until Coach Beheim got his deal. Right, because why? Because Key Smart hit a jump shot. Seriously, that's all. Key Smart misses that jump shot. Uh, Jim Beheim's national championship. You know, it's the greatest thing ever. And guess what? Knights above. Why didn't you call time? Oh, it's so good. It yeah. really is. It's uh, it's it's so so good. That's why they pay the coaches all that money, right? Uh, Dan, listen. Yep. Thanks so much for coming on and, and giving us a few minutes on, on a game day like this. Uh, hopefully we can do it again down the road. Anytime, man. You guys are great. Thank you for having me. All right, there he is, Dan Dockich. And with that, we'll take a timeout. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. This is Orange Nation. Paulie's favorite bump back and your least favorite. The more you dislike it, the more <laughs> the I more like, you it. like it. Yeah. Stephen Paulie back with you here on a Tuesday edition of Horse Nation. See, it just it sucks energy out of the show. No, it doesn't. It does. It does. It does for me anyway. 
So when what's they, when, going on? When this song comes on, you have to welcome us back because it just it sucks the energy out of me. All right, get rid of it. Our Jordan producer, our Jordan producer, so producer today. Jordan, get rid of it. Don't talk to me like I'm Jordan. Our producer Jordan is with us now. Jordan, what's up? Yeah, he's on. He's on mic four for some reason. They they they're crisscrossed. That's that's not Paulie's fault. That was nobody's fault. Oh uh, yeah, it was. It was a miscommunication. I just used the mic that's in front of me. So this is fitting. Stop me if you've heard this before, but I suck at my job and I did it incorrectly. Never heard that. Okay, from that, you. <laughs> well played. Well, it's that time where we do a little gambling update, and I have to amend the records. Uh, last week. There was a Green Bay game that went into uh, it went late in the game, and the Vikings won on a field goal. Yeah, I accidentally gave you two both credit for a win on that one. Um, so unfortunately, we've already cast our ticket. Um, I'm I'm the book. I'm the book. I mean, you both picked that game, so it literally doesn't matter at all. If it makes you guys feel better, we can no, just pretend. No, this make never it happened. honest. Make it honest. Make it honest. You okay. could have just told us off the air you were changing it, though. No, 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 no. We're we're all about transparency. I think you should have just let it go. You made the mistake. The house made the mistake. We benefit. Yeah, but, but, but okay. You want, you want some right. life advice, Jordan? If you ever get a have a bank account, I don't know if you have one, and the bank accidentally puts way too much money in your bank account, you don't tell anybody. You spend yeah, but that I'm money. the bank. You don't spend that Look, money. This doesn't affect me. I uh, I know you just you're making us you're you're, you're making our records don't look do worse. That, by the way, but anybody. it's okay. Fine. We're gonna keep that. them how they are. We're gonna keep no, them. No, no, how no, they are. no. It's it's good. It's good. So what are our records now? Update us on our records. So technically, before this week, your guys' records would have been twenty five nineteen and one Steve, and then twenty two twenty two and one Pauly. Okay. And that brings us to this week, Steve. I think if I did this correctly, and I just looked. You went three and two. Virginia Tech won their game, became bowl eligible. Miami, they also took care of business. Tennessee Titans did not. Yeah, that was that was bad. Tampa Bay won in overtime, and then the curse of you guys both picking the same yeah, game. Yeah, we got to stop doing that, Paul. It always goes against us. Why would you bet against Teddy Bridgewater too? He's a magician when it comes to covering the spread. Paulie hates the Broncos. He's been banging on them all year. So Steve, three and two this week, Paulie. Okay. North Carolina State, they only won by four. I know. Oof. But you got Wake Forest. That was Forest. an amazing game. That was a good game. Thank you. You got Wake Forest and you got Kentucky. Uh, your Steelers, uh, did they, did yeah, they, they win did by Yeah, they did not. They didn't win by they four? They did not win. No? No, they oh. did not cover the spread. Oh, geez. Okay, so Steve 3-2 and two this week, Pauly 2-3. and three. So, Steve, you had three games on Pauly. Now you have uh, four games on Pauly. Nice. So what our records are what? How many games above five hundred? So I was So with the record adjustment, Steve, that I would was, make I'm you seven. Seven above five hundred. Yes, yes. Jordan, I I'll don't take know, it. I don't know if you know this or not, but I set the policy around here okay. on ESPN Syracuse and honesty is the best policy. I don't know if you have ever heard that, but it is. I That's made a good that, final I, thought. I, I made that rule. Yeah, I don't know if you know about that about me. There's many things in my You coined that phrase. Yes, that yes, that is mine. We've actually, Honesty is the best policy. We've actually got something to solve now, though, because with ACC football pretty much all done, I mean, championship games. We can do bowl games. That's we can do. Should we, we do some bowl games and mix those in? Yes, when they're happening and NFL games. But that means you guys are going to be picking a lot we of NFL. We could coming. probably sprinkle in uh, college basketball, too. Whoa, if you want. whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Whoa, whoa basketball? Yeah. Steve, we no. Pick, we pick football. This is football picks. 
Okay. The ball is a whole different shape. Don't you think that'll mess up the, the bats? Okay. That's fine. Got to stick with one sport. You can't bounce a football. It's just totally different. Okay. It was just a suggestion. Our take on the day's top stories. Basketball? It's today's business on Orange Nation. It is today's business on Orange Nation. I just Jedi knighted Jordan. If you were watching on Q Sports Talk, he was talking without his headphones on, and I put the the force stop. Stop, stop talking. Sign. Yes. Uh, all right, continue, Jordan. What do you got in today's business, yeah. kid? Before we get to James Zuba, I want to talk about Brian Kelly because I think his whole snafu has shed a lot of light on our expectations for college football players. Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame to LSU, over $90 million Listen, he's going to be getting. If and I'm making quit. a $90 million payday, I don't care what my snafu is if I texted my team. I don't care. I got $90 million. D- did you read the message he sent his team? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Oops. I just made $90 million. Later. The the underrated part of that text, they said this to Polly off air. Um, the seven AM meeting today. Yes. Who's getting up at seven AM to go meet with the coach who's about to leave for a hundred million dollars? I don't know, but you know who can afford a new alarm clock? <laughs> yeah, the guy who snafooed is Jordan said. Seriously though. I don't have the source. Other than the guys that want to transfer to LSU with him, how many of those how many of the other guys are showing up? I don't know that, but our producer Josh out at the Megadest told me that the meeting this morning lasted all of eleven minutes. That is what I was told, and I'm not going to lie. That's what a, little, a joke. That's Man, longer than I expected it to. For last. a guy who gets paid as much as he does, that's a lot of time to give up without a, a paycheck. Eleven minutes. I mean, you're talking about a lot of pay. Did you see Lincoln Riley contract that he's going to have with USC? Not to mention all the money he's going to get, like three houses yeah. and twenty four seven private yeah. jet access for him and his family. Yeah, yeah. I like but having we can't pay players. I like having two houses too, because if you're losing, the you can hide in one of the other one. The other one. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fans can't find you. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that that was part of the contract. Or you just jump in the jet. I was going to say, you got to leave check. the country. You can go anywhere you want. So I'm out. But this, this Two days of, before you get fired, you take the jet they gave you and just go. Am I wrong in saying, though, this kind of shows how ridiculous the expectations we have yeah. for players Yeah, Ogeron is? is not coming to Syracuse. Not. Uh, yes, if you're saying that, well, look, the coaches are doing this. The players can. Yes, it. To me, it, it doesn't make it right. Like, does anybody think that Brian Kelly handled this properly? Yeah. Like, yes. Who cares how you? Like, right. If I got ninety million dollars, I don't care what anybody thinks about me. That's a. That's um. That's that. That's the 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 a bad word money, Steve. That's you what know? I was thinking too. A yeah, certain it's two what? letters. That's a, that's a, that's a certain two letters money. You know, take the, the letter before G and the letter before V. Put them before money, and that's yeah, what type yeah. Yeah, you could just do what you want at ninety million dollars, bro. Okay, doesn't make it right though. Yeah, like he's yeah, yeah, I don't he care. doesn't care. Right, yeah. that's fine if he doesn't care. But. Oh, I wasn't right. Yeah, I got ninety million dollars. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> I don't. I don't care what anybody thinks. But before I leave, do that's you guys... how I live, making five dollars an hour right now. <laughs> do you guys care at all that Max Scherzer is going to be a mat? Do you care at all? No, but good for him. You know why? Because he's making that two-letter money, too. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm I'm happy for all the Met fans in my life. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, miserable Met fans that can they, they can be happy now. They lost Syndergaard. They lost uh, Mats. They, they, get, they get Max Scherzer. So. Hi, it's uh, John Wildhack. Uh, 
heard you were interested in a coaching job. We've got a bungalow in Fayetteville. Uh, travel vouchers on Allegiant Air. And... You can't get them like a Weitzman house in Skinny Atlas or something. Come on. Come on. Uh, we could get you anywhere you want on Allegiant Air. And... <laughs> okay, well. If... Uh, if, if, if you win 10 games, we'll bump it up to uh, Jet Blue and you can watch those TVs they have on uh, the seats. If, if you need to buy property for an incoming head coach, do I have the partner for you? You know him, you love him. It's Bugs Be Gone. If you need help removing pesky pests from your football team's head coach's lake house, visit BugsBeGone.biz. That's Bugs Be Gone with two E's, just like the bug and just like the amount of zeros in Lincoln Riley and Brian Kelly's contracts, plus like 10. A lot of zeros. We will also get you a free, a free catamaran that you can ride around on a dug a lake on. Oh, you don't want the job. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll give you a paddle boat uh, to use at Green Lakes. Thank you. Snow shovel? Sa- you know what? If you need to get from Salve to Fa- Fairmount, we'll give you Centro Pass. Thank you for taking the job. You done now? <laughs> yes. Okay. James Zuba <laughs> from Noon's Magician joins us next. Back after this on ESPN Radio.